Bill O'Brien apparently is not real keen on the idea of going back to New England. What does that mean for Iowa football? And we remember the great Chris Street. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, and thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Spotify, oh yes, we are there. And of course, you can also find us on YouTube. Just hit the subscribe button while you're there. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Five-star reviews, that's what we're looking for on the podcast side. Little football talk today, plenty of basketball on the anniversary 30 years of the passing of Chris Street. We will talk today to one of his teammates. Wade Looking Bill is going to stop in. We will talk to Wade about him, his life, his legacy, and, of course, uh, the documentary that we're going to see coming up this evening on Big Ten Network, 8 o'clock, uh, right after the game that is on finishes up. Uh, they will go into that with the postponement of the Iowa-Northwestern game that was supposed to play, be played tonight at 8 o'clock. Weather looked a little iffy. I was talking about making my way over there now. I don't have to worry about the weather. Uh, unfortunately, we will see when they get that game in. As we talked about a little bit yesterday, still awaiting word when they're going to get that game in. And a possibility is if Northwestern going to be able to play this weekend. And that's obviously a huge, huge component to that. We're going to talk with Lade coming up here in just a little bit. But kick things off with a little football news. And a report that came out. From over the weekend, uh, this I, I found on Yahoo Sports from Dan, Danny Jallett, excuse me, and the conversation that we've had a lot, if there's going to be a change in the offensive staff, if we're going to see movement happen with this Iowa football team, you know, how is it going to happen? How is this going to play out? We know Kirk Ferentz is not going to fire his son. doesn't matter how bad it was because it was as bad as it possibly could be this year, and it looks like and there's no changes afoot at this point in time. As we look around college football and Everybody making moves. Clemson, they're out changing things around. You got Wisconsin being a portal star and, and the evolution of them. They're going out and getting wide receivers and three, four-star quarterbacks and on and on and on in the excitement that's building. Here we are, even with some excitement in Iowa. I mean, there's not to take away from Cade McNamara and Eric Hall and Seth Anderson in the portal and, and getting the six-year guys to come back for another season. Nico Ragagini coming back for another year and the excitement of that. We got Joey the Bull coming back for another year, rushing the passer over on the edge. Yeah, we have that excitement, but it's just not at the same level as what we're seeing with some other people and other teams. So you have that component to it and something definitely that you have to look at overall and wonder well, what's next for Iowa. The portal is coming to a close. Players cannot enter anymore. Classes have started in Iowa. Now, how quickly do they need to turn things around? Is there a possibility of still another addition? It seems unlikely at this point. So we wait. And we wait for a decision from Kirk Ferentz of what he's going to do. Is Gary Barra going to step in and force a decision? Well, the easiest domino to fall was Bill O'Brien getting the offensive coordinator job with the New England Patriots. Of course, familiarity there already. That's where Brian Ferentz began his coaching career. You have that component to it. Sound like, at least uh, from some of the people that had some inside knowledge of the situation, that Brian Ferentz was well-respected by Bill Belichick and that staff, and they they really thought that he had a chance to be a really good coach in the future and, and did some good things there. He had a ton of talent. Look, it's easy to coach guys like Gronk 
and Aaron Hernandez off-field stuff aside. Those are two incredibly talented guys. But when that was happening, when that was going on, the question was, all right, he's going to come back to Iowa. What do we really know about him as a coach? The thing about Brian Ferentz is he's got, I'm sure, great coaching qualities, but you got to show up, right? And in six years as an offensive coordinator, it just doesn't work. It doesn't mean that you're a bad coach. It just it means something completely different. So we have that component of it and uh, definitely something. But the report uh, from a Yahoo about Bill O'Brien being floated, coming back here, there is talk that he's not exactly real keen on the return. This is from Boston Sports Journal's Greg Bedard. And he says this, he checks all the boxes, knows the system, can coach the quarterback, has a relationship with Mac Jones, is not an outsider, has probably learned a few new tricks in the college game. Last I heard, this can change as quickly as the Patriots policy on commenting contracts. He was not gung-ho about this gig due to the lack of clarity about the setup. If Belichick told O'Brien he had autonomy, including over assistance, there it is, that might make it more attractive. As we await for the dominoes to fall, we will continue to see on that front. Well, we're going to talk with Wade Looking Bill, the former Hawkeye. He is going to join us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We will remember Chris Street when we come back here in a moment. You're listening to Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there. Pro football is the playoffs continue with the divisional round. Basketball going on, both NBA and, of course, college hoops. They got it all over at Bet Online. If you like tennis betting, the Australian app opens happening right now. Got that over there. If you love sports podcasts, well, you can find those also over at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head to the website today or just hop on your phone to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we roll through here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, Happy to be joined right now by Wade Looking Bill. Wade, good to catch up again. Good to see your face. We've done some basketball together. Got to see you over at the Iowa-Indiana game. Well, you're a little closer to the action than I was down there. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Yeah, thanks, Trent. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, of course, uh, today it is a day that I think anybody remembers if you're old enough to remember. And, you know, with the podcast and something that I've talked about this week is, you know, I want to have the ability to talk about it to the younger people. And, you know, one of my disappointments, as I told you, I was with my daughter at the Indiana game. She's seven. She's getting really interested now in basketball. She's out there playing at the Recplex in West Des Moines and getting a couple of shots up, hit a couple of buckets last night. So you got that component, but she's into it. You know, and I wanted to explain this story and I, I wanted to talk to her you know, about it and the impact that it made on me. I was 12 at the time. You were a teammate of Chris Street. And, you know, for the younger people, it's something I, I think is incredibly important for all of us to not just have this be a memory that fades, a person that fades into the background, but continue to keep Chris Street at the forefront. I know that's something important to you as well, Wayne. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's uh, tomorrow's the anniversary of the of the accident, the 19th. And then, you know, Chris's birthday was February 2nd. And it's there's just a lot of irony in these in this situation. We were supposed to play Northwestern the night before the accident. And that game obviously got postponed, just like tonight's game got postponed. And it's just a lot of eerie similarities, but um, you know, I think I think th- 30 years later, after his death, he's still remembered, and that's what's um, that's what's pretty cool. I think that just kind of s- sums up, you know, what kind of player he was, what kind of person he was, and um, he was only 20 when he was killed. He didn't even reach the age of 21, but uh, 
he was he was a special player and, and even I always tell people he, he he was a great player, unbelievable player. But he, he was even a better kid, better person. You know, as we look back upon him as a basketball player and we watch the highlights and we see him, of course, had the made free throws as you guys played at Duke and Cameron Indoor and, and everything happened there. But for people that maybe just see the highlights or, or don't remember, you know, him as a player at the same level, because you know, it's it's a different kind of conversation that we have about Chris. Talk about it. It was something for me as an Iowan, you and Iowan, you know, you looked up to him. You wanted to play and that tenacity that he brought. That was something that was always at the front of the press there with Dr. Tom. You know, he was going to be there with the, the arms waving and making it difficult to get that ball inbounds. Yeah. And, he, you know, it, it's 30 years, a long time. But even Chris committed gosh, 32 years ago, I think he was one of those first kids to commit really early. I think it was after his sophomore year in high school. They offered him. Iowa offered him. And he committed. And then I think a few years later, 10 years later or so, Jeff Horner committed really early. You know, it just was, it was just, it wasn't done back then. It just was something. But, you know, you, and you see all these pictures, you know, when Chris was four years old and he opened, opening up his Christmas present and he gets an Iowa Hawkeye t shirt and this big smile on his face. And then he's seven years old and he's got his Hawkeye sweatshirt on and he's 12. And so it's kind of a cliche, but I think he, again, always wanted to be an Iowa Hawkeye. And when they offered, he said he's done. That, 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 that's all he all he needed was just the one offer from Iowa, and he and he took it. And uh, he became one of the Hawkeye greats. You know, uh, another thing that I, I always think about about him is he was a big guy that could step out and, and hit a shot, something that we didn't see a ton of back then. Yeah, there were some power forwards that, you know, had a little bit of a mid-range game, but, but nothing like that. And, you know, think about him, a guy like him coming around and playing in today's environment. You know, what a shooter, what a bet, and he would have – obviously put in the work to be that, but people also talk about him at the next level. You know, what did you guys hear about him? A possibility of even making a jump early, you know, going off to the NBA and, and it sounded like yeah. a lot of people, a lot of scouts really liked him. Yeah. He, 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 he talked about it. You know, I, I don't know if he would have gone. It, it's again, it was, it was so unique last year at that time. Um, I think he was going to test the draft waters for sure, just to kind of see where he was at. But you know, it, so as a sophomore, he finished second in the Big Ten and rebounding behind a guy named Chris Weber. So, um, and then I think he was still second when he was, when he was killed. Um, and w- when you leave the Big Ten and rebounding, that's, that's a pretty good sign you, you can play. And you're right, Chris was one, um, his, his athleticism was getting better. Um, you know, he, he could run and jump and throw the football, throw the baseball, all those things. And you're right, that, that, that um, stretch format, like what they call it now, it, you know, everybody back when I was playing, you picked, set a screen, set a pick, and then you roll to the basket. And now everybody picks, sets a screen, and they pop. They stay out and shoot shoot the mid-range, shoot the three. Um, and Chris was developing that really well. And it was something where it was going to be an added weapon for him going forward. Wait, the night of his passing, you guys were out to a team dinner, something that you guys did before uh, pretty much, what, all of your games Take us back to to that time, and you know, as it went down, I've heard Dr. Tom talk in the past about you know, bringing the players together and just the difficult nature, obviously, of, the, of that and, and the way that it was. Uh, take us back into that fateful night. Yeah, so what we used to do, Trent, for, for Big Ten home games, just to kind of get away from whether if you were in the dorms or just kind of you know the, your, your apartment life, sometimes it's kind of crazy. We, we always stayed at the Highlander Hotel the night before um uh, big 10 conference games and you could go out there anytime and, and have a meal 
Um, and then uh, a lot of guys would work out then at, back at the arena. And you had to be back to your room by, I don't know what it was, 10 or 11. And um, it was a unique day. It was, it was the first day of second semester. And um, so guys were kind of getting back into that routine, coming and going. And we had lost at Duke, and we were kind of trying to, to find things. We had a couple couple days of hard practice, and we, we were ready. You know, guys were ready. We, we were still ranked top 15 in the nation. ACRO was going to be a first-rounder that, that year, and we had some pieces. Um, and uh, we had practice and kind of going out to eat and, again, kind of on your own. And, um, you know, this is free cell phone, free Twitter. So I go back to my apartment. I, I eat a little early, go back to my apartment, and was watching um, – Funny what you remember. I was watching Michigan, Indiana that night, just on TV, and I got a call from Kevin Rolson. Kevin was our head manager, and he said, "You got to get to the arena right away." And uh, you know, he, I could tell his voice was, you know, emotional. And he said, "There's been an accident." And I thought it was my parents. And he said, "He said Chris has been in a car accident." And so that's when you first hear, and you drive over, and then um, it, it didn't take long before. Um, you know, you, you hear that, that Chris had been killed. They, they, I, yeah, I, and it didn't take long. And then it just kind of spread as fast as it could, you know, again, pre-Twitter, pre-internet. Uh, I talked to people that, you know, went to, went to bed that night that didn't know that he had passed till the next morning, just because some of this, either they didn't watch the TV news or didn't catch it. And um, then the next morning, everything kind of, kind of got started. So you guys ultimately have 12 days uh, off, or, or yeah. I guess it would have turned out to be, what, nine days after his passing before you guys get back out there on the hardwood. Talk about the time in the interim. I mean, yeah. you, you have a funeral to go to. You have Mac, Mike and Patty there and, and his sisters, and, and just uh, what that time was like. I mean, it had to be just such a whirlwind and incredible to even think about basketball during that time. Yeah, I, I, I tell people, you know, Practice and basketball was the easy part, you know, just because you were focused and, but you're right. We had, it was funeral and visitation and trying to see the streets. And some of us were closer to Chris than others or close to his family. You know, I kind of grew up with Chris from the time he was 16 playing in the summer and he'd come over to camp and we, we even played in some AU tournaments together when he was a sophomore and I was a senior in high school. And um, so we knew his family and, and, just a lot of things going on, but, but basketball was that was the easy part. You know, it was like Chris had an injury or he was sick or maybe he had a test to make up. He just wasn't at practice. You know, it, 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 it happened occasionally for, for all of us. Um, but then when basketball was over, that's when you really missed your, your friend, you know, it was something where that's when you thought more about, you know, I got to get a suit or what do you wear to a funeral? You know, just things that you never really had to think about. Um, until that time. And um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time for sure. You became starter at that point, uh, took over that role. Of course, AC was out there, Val Barnes. We talked about those guys, James winners, Kenyon, a young Kenyon Murray out there yeah. playing with you guys and, and, and going out there. And of course the games afterwards, the memories of, of the Michigan state comeback and then playing at home against the fat five. And I want to talk about those games, but just being that guy kind of inserted into the lineup and, it just, uh, I, I mean, it had to be an eerie feeling, right? It was. It was kind of strange. You know, um, I had played a lot my freshman and sophomore year but before Chris got there. And, and um, my junior year then, which was Chris's freshman year, I got hurt. I hurt my back and I redshirted. And um, 
Chris was just better than me from, from day one. So it was, it was something, you know, sometimes you get a little, um, you know, everybody wants to play, wants to shoot and wants to score, but you want to win games. And so you, you put the best players out there that, that, that you can. And, and Chris was better than me. And, but yeah, so I stepped in and tried to do the best I could. And, um, you know, the Michigan state game, the comeback was crazy. And that Michigan game, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Can you, can you imagine CBS had the Super Bowl? It's one of the Bills Super Bowls when they were, were losing in that losing streak, but like Dallas maybe won that year, but um, that was the lead into the Super Bowl. You know, now they have seven hours, 10 hours of pregame stuff, but at the time they had Michigan, Iowa, and um, yeah, it just was, was a noon tip and the, or the arena was as loud as I've ever heard it then or, or even, even still. And um, yeah, we were fortunate to get a couple wins and still had a pretty good year. We were four seed in the tournament that year, but just couldn't um, just, we were, we were missing a big piece for sure. No doubt about it. And you know, the Michigan game, that was a fab five Michigan. That was, yeah. and not, not your one, that was year two with Weber, yeah. and Rose, and Juwan Howard yeah. all coming back. Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, Eric Riley was on that team. Uh, they had a couple of big guys that they could throw out. You know, just a really talented team. You guys got down early in that game. And I think it was Kenyon that hit the shot, maybe made it 8-2 if I, I remember correctly. Um, just that game, you mentioned the environment there in Carver, a motion that you're just never going to see again. It was just an absolutely incredible moment, one that will live on for a long time. And good thing that, you know, that thing was recorded, right? I know we we're talking a ways ago, but... Going back and watching it tonight on the BTN or after the Chris Street. I don't know when this is going to air, Trent, but at, you know yeah. after the after the Wednesday night, you know with the game being canceled, they're going to show the Chris Street uh, documentary, I guess you call it, and then they'll show the Iowa Michigan game after that. Um, yeah, I mean that was you know you talk about Weber, Jawan Howard. Um, you know they the team was lower, they were good, and got down early, and it just was something where. Um, you know, like we had a little extra help maybe in that game. And, and uh, Val Barnes had a huge night and AC Earl was, you know, great on both ends. And yeah, it just, it, it was, um, it was a really, it was a really nice way for that game to end. You know, Michigan was trying, it wasn't like they were giving us the game, you know? Um, and, uh, but it was sometimes things just align the right way, whether that's the big comeback at Michigan state or, you know, beat Michigan at our place. And um, it was, uh, I, I think it helped. I think it helped our team and helped the streets, probably helped the state of Iowa a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, that's something that I talk about a lot, both here on the podcast and on my radio show is for people, you're a little bit older than me, Wade, but growing up, Iowa basketball was it. You know, you and Fort Dodge being Osage, you didn't watch a lot, a whole lot of sports during the week. It was Iowa basketball back then on Thursday nights. And for me, that was it. That was the only time I could watch sports during the week or or Monday night football. Those were the only times. Yeah. It was it was such a huge thing. I remember reading Lou Dolson's book, and he talked about the formation of the Iowa Television Network across the state and, and the syndication. They were getting something like a seventy five share for, yeah. which is unthinkable in any environment. Yeah. The Super Bowl doesn't get a seventy five share, yeah. and that's just how big Iowa basketball was. And there's something looking up to guys like you watching Chris Street. Yeah. We love watching BJ Armstrong and Roy Marble and watching guys like that. But to see you guys as Iowans and given a little dork from Osage, just hope, Hey, maybe one day you could be a Hawkeye too. There, that was also a huge part. I, I think of Iowa basketball back then. Well, I, I think that that is, is, is all part of um, why Chris is remembered. You know, he, um, 
he, he was from Iowa, grew up in, in Indianola and um, loved being a Hawkeye. It wasn't like he went somewhere and transferred back and, 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 and he was a great player on top of that. And then also he was really good with the fans. You know, the, the, the media always said that Chris was, was good with them. And, and um, you know, whether it was a, whether you were seven years old or 87 years old, Chris was, Chris, Chris understood what it was like to, to, to play at Iowa and, um, the good and the bad that came with that. And there were some responsibilities that came with that. And, and Chris was always terrific with the fans and that big smile. And, um, yeah, I think again, like I said, even, even 30 years later, he's still, still missed, still remembered. You, uh, mentioned his parents, Mike and Patty and them being there. Uh, they were supposed to be at the game tonight that obviously has been postponed against Northwestern, but you know, that family, you know, and seeing them still around, I mean, that had to be impactful to you guys too. It's one thing to lose a teammate, but you now the big picture thing that there's still a family there. There's still parents that are grieving as you guys are going through the process. Uh, tell us a little bit about his parents. Well, Mike, Mike, Mike tells a great story. Mike, Mike played football at central and uh, Mike was a good athlete. Mike, I think Chris got his height from his, from his mom, but, but, but Mike was a good athlete, but Mike tells a story that I don't know, he's a junior or sophomore in college at central. And, um, he didn't know if he was going to start that game on a Saturday. He didn't know if he was going to start at, at center or a quarterback could have, <laughs> could have gone either way. So there's kind of a combo there. That's, that's, uh, well, that's where Chris got his toughness, you know, Mike and, and, and Patty's just as athletic, just as tough. And, you know, Mike loves to hunt and fish and, and Chris, Chris liked that stuff. That was never my thing. I, I was more about playing golf and doing that, but um, Chris would hunt and fish and, um, yeah, it's just uh, just 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 a good a good kid from South Central Iowa that happened to be six nine and can run and jump and and um, was a really good kid and a really good basketball player. Uh, love love the memories and we'll be watching the documentary tonight. I know you're a part of that and uh, I have heard from people that have already seen kind of an advanced copy of mm-hmm. it. Have the Kleenex ready. Uh, it's going to be an emotional night and though there won't be a basketball game, maybe even spotlighting this even more without the game. It could be a very good thing. And maybe even more people, instead of being up at 10 o'clock and you're more of a casual fan, you're not a Hawkeye fan, maybe we'll get even more people that are get their eyes on that. And I think that's a really important thing too. Just again, continuing his legacy. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And, and, you know, and just, just real quick with, with coach McCaffrey, he, he's been unbelievable. He has been unbelievable with including Chris's memory, the streets, you know, um, and that all that has not always been the case with coaches that have come after after Coach Davis and Coach McCaffrey and his family. You know they keep Chris's name as part of the golf outing. They have the plaque there, right by the um, the locker room. That, none of those things are things they have to do because it is kind of a distraction. You know, they had that twenty years ago or twenty forget twenty five years ago with the Purdue game. Um, you know this this is stuff that coaches don't have to do, and Coach McCaffrey has been has gone above and beyond to include Chris's name and Mike and Patty's name and keep it in the program. And that's a great thing. Well, Wade, uh, lot, we're, we're, finish it up here with you. And uh, just a couple of notes on McCaffrey's team right now. We'll get you out here and, and just a, a quick thought or two on this Hawkeye basketball team, four straight wins. I had them buried. I, I thought it was over the loss to Eastern Illinois, the Owen three start just completely out of sorts. And yet here they are credit Fran McCaffrey 
If he can get this team to the NCAA tournament, that'll be eight of the last 10 years. Dr. Tom never had a stretch like that. Lute Olson never had a stretch like that. Of course, the two coaches previous to him certainly never had a run like that. I just got to give so much credit to that guy and a team that was really struggling to dig them out and at least give us hope here as we make our way through January and February. Yeah, yeah. Even that that second half of the Penn State game, I think you know they were they were down they were down twenty at half in Nebraska, down twenty at half at Penn State. Then they were down twenty early against the against IU, the game we were at. But um, yeah, it's just something where you know um, even the last couple games, Chris Murray's been really good, but he hasn't been thirty and twenty good, and they've still won. So I think that that shows a sign. Tony Perkins played really well the other night. Peyton Sanford looks like he's back to playing well. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I, I still think t- ten and ten is the goal. You know, if, if you go ten and ten in the Big Ten, you're going to get in the tournament. Now, if you're going to be a seven, a nine, a six, a ten seed, it, 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 I don't think it matters as much as it used to. Um, but they still got some work to do. You know, it, it, it doesn't help them that that the game got postponed tonight because they were on a roll. You know, you get in that routine game three days off the other game three days off um so they'll have to make that up they're at ohio state saturday who's reeling you know that that was a top 20 team a couple weeks ago and now they are struggling but that's one that's one that they that they have to get and really you know they only have the one bad loss at nebraska because they got beat so bad but losing at penn state there's no shame in that look losing wisconsin at home there's you know that's one you want to get but I think at Rutgers kind of makes up for that. Now they got to get a couple more of those. They got to win at Ohio State, or they got to, you know, at least battle at Purdue. I don't think get Purdue on the road, but they only play only play Purdue once this year. So there are some things that kind of go in their favor. So again, ten and ten, eleven and nine for sure, and then win at least one, maybe two in the Big Ten tournament, and they'll be fine. Get hot in the Big Ten tournament again. That was a fun run last year. Yeah, yeah. Another one of those. Yeah. Hey, Wade, always appreciate your time. Love catching up with you. Love talking Iowa basketball. And uh, we will do it again soon. We'll do it on the radio side tomorrow. Appreciate it. Thanks, Trent. Talk to you soon, man. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate All it. All right. Wade Looking Bill, former Iowa Hawkeye, joining us here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Great stuff from Wade as we wrap things up here and uh, remembering Chris Street and his legacy. Well, as we wrap up, I want to tell you about our New podcast out there. It's Locked On College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shadi and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus here from the big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. We'll be back with you tomorrow, getting ready for the weekend. Of course, Ohio State on tap next. We'll also react to the documentary tonight, talk about that and I'll recap some of the things, the impactful parts of that uh, as we come back tomorrow with you each and every day, your team every day on the Lockdown Network. I'm Trent Cotton. Thanks for watching Lockdown Hawkeyes.